everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 639, recording today uh, live on Wednesday. The What is the date today? It's the 14th of October, 2020. That's right. Uh, we're heading into autumn and uh, the weather's still nice here. In fact, I'm hoping to go fishing tomorrow morning. Fingers crossed. Unfortunately, my partner had a, a cat-related injury this morning. She was trying to pick the cat up outside the house because a dog was coming by and the cat was freaked out and it scratched her arm quite badly and she just phoned me to say it's swollen up. So it's like, yikes, antibiotics, all those things. Anyway, this isn't kind of really about domestic, or domestic medical emergencies. This is a podcast to do with uh, music technology <laughs> oh, and all the surrounding kind of issues with it. So we want to say uh, welcome to all our guests. We've got uh, friends over in the uh, Discord chat and the YouTube and the Twitch and the Facebook. We're all there uh, and all and say thank you very much to those uh, to all of you and if you want to join us at discord uh, i've got a little button that i can press which i think will bring up the overlay so we got a discord server massively growing community there uh, bitly slash sonic discord is the place to head over and uh, that's a kind of permanent invite so you'll be able to deal with that um so yeah uh, it's been a it's been a well i don't know kind of what week what kind of week it's been really there's been um I've been looking at the PreSonus IO station uh, 24C, which is the little uh, uh, controller plus um, controller plus the audio interface. Mike's, Mike amps sound good, actually. And in fact, I'm going to do it. I'm going to play because I did this little play out, which I was going to tease with it. So I'll play this. So this we can consider this a tease. And I actually picked my old bass up, which is a rubbish bass, but it actually sounds quite good through the X-Max. bringing some synth a bit later on. I've been pimping this a bit, so yeah, it's just the end credits. It'll be coming up soon. And then I pop the uh, NTS one in there. Anyway, that's enough of that. But hello, welcome to our guests and everybody. So there's some stuff coming up on uh, Sonic Talk in a bit. So, um, well, let's start with Rich Hilton, because he was clapping, so he gets to go first. <laughs> Rich Hilton over there in Connecticut, wearing the uh, the Sonic... The, the I'm, I must say, the quality of the merchandise is holding up well. I don't know how hot your washes are, but I'm saying <laughs> that's still pretty good. Uh, Rich, of course, yeah. uh, keyboard player with Chic and uh, studio guy, uh, man of much experience. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How about yourself? Yeah, good. I'm pretty good. good. Feel okay, thank you. But uh, yeah, good. what's been going on in your world? Have you got any exciting stuff going on? Any uh, projects on the go or barbecues? <laughs> there's well, yeah. There's a lot actually that's sort of exciting. Uh, last weekend, I went into Pennsylvania with my older son to see our younger son perform, and that was great fun to be with them and hear him play music. And uh, nice. I've been working on a few things, and it, and also uh, we'll sort of informally announce today that um, I'm offering private instruction online to people who want uh, some interesting ideas about music production and uh, perhaps some uh, improvement in their workflow. And it's all going to be very custom tailored to individual students and things like that. So I've been working on hatching various things like that. I've been uh, getting out and walking in the mornings while we still have weather to do that in. And uh, oh, that's exciting. So you get, yeah. Well, I mean, online is where lots of lots of folk are going yeah. by necessity. And uh, it's yeah. interesting that you were saying that there was a uh, you saw some yours your sons perform. I went. Uh, 
uh, on Sunday night, I went to a local bar because it was open till 10 for a few hours. Uh, we sat outside and it was all there. But there was a little jazz trio playing in there, hot jazz trio, which was really good. And I, hadn't, I realised I hadn't seen any live music for ages. It's not my, you know, I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to see that kind of thing. But it was just lovely to see. It was a, a, a guitarist, a violinist and a double bassist, very much in the kind of Django vibe. And uh, yeah, it was really mm -hmm. good. And uh, yeah, this... Yeah, sorry. Go, go, go on. Rich. Go on. Go on. No, please. All right. Okay. Uh, well, uh, th there's a there's a story here because a friend of mine, uh, an old friend of mine on Facebook, posted something about their daughter who's all grown up, and I remember her as being six years old, and it triggered a memory that back in the day when it was about ninety. Well, whenever Live Aid was, I went to this party. A friend of mine's uncle had a school in Hampstead. It was very swanky, and we got invited to this party, end of term party. And I, I, I really disgraced myself and fell asleep in one of the bathrooms. I was only 18. You know, it's not, it's a long time ago. And I had a posh suit on everything and, and I woke up in a really fancy kind of Victorian tiled sort of establishment and there was a knock at the door and I opened the door and I looked out and I couldn't see anything. And I looked down and there was this little girl wearing glasses going, excuse me, I need to go to the loo. And her name was Kilda. And it turns out that her husband happened to be the guitarist in the band that I saw on that night. And it was just completely random. And I'd thought about that memory. And then I went to this gig and that was her husband. Anyway, that's one of wow. those. Yeah, random. Isn't that random? How cool is um, that? Um, right. Anyway, let's say hello to Matt as well. How are you doing, Matt? <laughs> Matt Hodson. Hello. Mass, mass, that was mass. a nice story. Thanks uh, for that. I'm all right. I haven't been scratched by cats. So good. Sorry to hear about that, though, Nick. Um, well, I hope she's okay. Yeah, because I, I, I... Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure although, she is. although a lot of people who are into modular synthesizers seem to have this thing going on with cats, but um, I'm not a cat fan myself, so uh, more of a dog got, person. You've got a dog, haven't you? I used, I did used, I used to have a dog. I missed my dog, um, but sadly no longer with me. Oh. Um, changing the subject. Um, what have I been up to? I've been doing some more of these uh, silly live streams where I've been making music track from scratch. I think there's about four or five of them now Yeah, on my uh, YouTube channel, which um, people go and watch and check out sort of my sort of processes that I, that I get involved with. It's just kind of, um, yeah, just working on things from on, on the fly and just talking about my ideas as I'm coming up with ideas and processing and that kind of thing. And actually trying to steer people away from that, you know, spending two hours EQ and a kick drum kind of thing. And, and just more about trying to flow with the music and, and the composition side of stuff a little bit. Well, we getting into the sound design. So, um, yeah, I've just been kind of doing that. Well, I've, I've been watching. Busy. In fact, uh, we've been trying to talk you into uh, doing one of those via our channel as well, which I hope we do. And we've, we're hatching a plan, which, uh, I've, I've got more to say on that at some point, but watch out because hopefully Matt will be able to do some of that stuff uh, over on Sonic yeah. Talk as well, or Sonic State Channel as well. Looking so forward to it. That. But if not, head over to uh, Matt Hodson uh, YouTube channel or Math Mass Mass. Uh, there it is. Uh, yes. No, there it is. Mass Mass Maths. Mass Mass Maths. Is that your YouTube channel or is it Mass Ho Matt Hodson? It is, yeah. It's all of them. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, right. YouTube, and recently Twitch. Good for you. Actually, Rich, I didn't ask you. Um, I didn't I didn't get around to asking you where do people if people wanted to get involved in your uh, tuition, where do people go to find out about your, your service? They can write to me at Hiltonius at Hiltonius.com. It would be ah. great. Okay. And great. I have watched one of Matt's uh track from scratch uh videos and enjoyed it immensely. 
Yeah, it's very compelling, I so, thought. Uh, oh, thanks, guys. That's my endorsement straight away. Wow, wow, thanks, well, Rich. It's really cool, man. You're thanks. welcome, Matt. <laughs> right. Um, we should get on with some stuff. Oh, before I do, there was a few more housekeeping things. Uh, Spotify, uh, you can find now watch, listen to Sonic's talk on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on iTunes, and also Alexa as well. So you could say, Alexa, play the Sonic Talk podcast. I wonder how many, how many triggers I've got going off. <laughs> no, I've done that. Um, and also want to say uh, thank you very much to Isotope. Isotope are offering a special uh, discount if you wanted to go over to uh, isotope.com forward slash sonic talk uh, you could save 10% on isotope products uh, including the new neoverb I believe is it in the in the list I, I think it must be neoverb there we go and uh, you just need to use the code uh, what's it called sonic 10 at checkout to save an extra 10% and that I think that is on top of any existing discounts so well worth it if you're looking into getting any of that stuff right uh, let's do um, let's do one uh, first time, yeah, here we go. Herr Schneider's at it again. So this is one of these Hütten uh, 1 to 9 where we welcome exhibitors this year to exhibit their things outdoors. And this is the new vision of Superbooth being in the park, having fresh air, showing off your stuff. And worst case, you can go in with a limited uh, number of visitors. Follow me. We will have the full uh, foyer of the wonderful building empty, except some of our staff people welcoming you. We have already prepared a little bit of uh, things you can see. Where can I find what? The seaside stage will be there again for you. This is the only entrance to the hall where you have to get in because... Anyway, that, that follows a, a, a tour in only the way that Herr Schneider can uh, can do it. And this is obviously news that Superbooth, they're planning uh, on doing the Superbooth, uh, obviously, for next year, for 2021. I mean, I hope it works out. I mean, who knows whether or not we'll be ready for that kind of stuff yet. But uh, that's going to be uh, the 5th to the 8th of May, if it all goes ahead. But what they're doing is they're kind of, that where the fairs, where it is, is a massive sort of children's park that is a throwback from East Germany, where it was a facility where they would look after after De Kinder. And so there are all these little sort of tents and uh, and little huts and all these places. So that things are going to get spread out and it's be like a sort of nature trail in only the way, the sort of madcap way that those guys seem to be able to do. So I'm, I'm really hoping it's going to work out because I, I can't wait to be able to go uh, if it is. I know, Rich, I don't think you've, you're the one of us who hasn't had the chance to go to Superbooth, right? Correct. I have... <laughs> correct. No, I didn't say anything. Uh, correct. <laughs> I have never attended one and I very much would like to. And I was really intrigued by this video and the uh, spirit and ambition that goes behind what they're doing. Um, I had a lot of thoughts about it. Uh, a lot, if you're going to have large uh, circus tent like enclosed spaces, you have to arrange usually some kind of uh, ventilation. Uh, because especially in these times, you want them well ventilated. Yeah, they can take the sides um, off, I think. But yeah, yeah, good point. But then, and there's something really romantic about having an electronic music-focused themed event outdoors, where you know you basically have to run a wire to be able to just make it do anything. And there's something kind of cool and romantic about that. And then God help them if it rains and it and if the wind blows hard, because 
<laughs> you better yeah. have a lot of tarps. <laughs> you better yeah. have a lot of tarps. But uh, it seems like a wonderful event, and I would go if I could. Yeah, it's they're it, not having us. They're not having us anywhere these days. Well, <laughs> I mean, May, I mean, firstly, from the weather point of view, May because usually it's been earlier, uh, maybe beginning of April or mid-April. So those extra few weeks might make all the difference because we've been there when it's been lovely weather. And we've also been there when it's been really crappy weather and just sort of get because it's quite a walk to the bus stop or the tram stop from, you know, so it's quite easy to uh, to get soaked and, uh, you know, not have the right kit there. In fact, I've got a, another story about that. Um, I don't know, I might have mentioned it, but one, we'd work quite late. So we had a little, we often have a little room there where we're working quite late to catch up, get all the video stuff done. And we left, uh, Andy went one late one night. I was still working. I think he was going because he went to to see some some gig and he was taking his stuff back. But on his way down, back from the, the venue, it's in a big park. And uh, as he was walking down, this enormous wild boar burst out of the, uh, out of the, out of the hedge and sort of <laughs> ran across. And, and, you know, big, a bull, you know, these things are dangerous, you know, they're, and they're, they're in the Black Forest and also in, in the outskirts of Berlin, they're starting to appear because it's, you know, as they come into civilization and maybe the food, they, they and so, yeah, he saw a big wild boar and he was, he was really, it really <laughs> gave him a bit of a shock. So it's very natural. That's, I'll just point that out. Matt, I, I know you've been, you've played. I mean, the idea of playing outside, I mean, I hope, I, I really want it to work and I think it would be, you know, yeah. as ever, it's a mad, mad ideas that they have and they just go for it. And I like that. Love it. I love it. This is a mad, this is a perfect mad idea. You know, a loads of electronic, electronic equipment outdoors in this sort of theme park environment, if you like, running from booth to booth, trying out stuff. I think it's going to be an awesome experience and it's just perfect. It's just totally Herr Schneider perfect. I mean, this guy doesn't ever seem to stop. He's always so busy. Um, and he's become such an important person in that sort of electronic music modular scene, you know, not just from his shop, but super booth and everything that he does for the community. I was thinking about this earlier, actually, what, what a prominent figure he's become. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I was meant to play... Obviously, I didn't play in the last one because, uh, well, I did play. It was online. And the year before that, I was meant to play outside on the Riverside stage, but got rained off. So we went indoors. And I would love to play on that Riverside stage. It's uh, it's just become synonymous as one of those, like, it's almost like the pyramid stage for modular synth It's the game to get right, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'd love to go back if they'll have me again. I don't know, they might be a bit sick of me now, but I'd love to play there on that stage, whether it's raining or not um, next year. But I'll, I'll be there definitely. And, um, you know, I think we'll we'll all get in a little bit of extra exercise as well, going from place to place. And um, I don't know, they got electric scooters yet in Berlin? Can we all bez- can we all hire them and bez oh, about Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure if they do. I think they might. I think they were just starting to bring them in when we were there last time, or they were talking about bringing in. I, I remember something to do with them, but yeah, that would be... I mean, because the electric scooter would actually be the best way to travel. I've actually got one, because we, we when we came back from California, I bought one to commute from, from work, which I'm no longer doing, because I'm walking to try and kind of keep fit. But uh, I might... Maybe I could take it with me. I mean, it is sort of 30 kilos 30 pounds of, <laughs> of a, a additional luggage that might be a bit but i could actually not have to do the tram i could just go in and out on the scooter that's an awesome well, idea well either way you know i just it's great that um they're having a go they're going to try and put something on i think we're all yearning to either get back on stage 
or go see artists and, and integrate with the communities that we all are missing, whether that's at live concerts or at conferences. I think we're all missing that deeply. So to have something etched in your calendar, even though it's May next year for me is, is lovely. I put it straight in my diary. I was like, if that's something that can happen and I could jump on a plane and I can go, I'm there. Definitely. I need this in my life. You know, I'm sure yeah. Rich is the same with wanting to get back on stage and perform as well. Yep. He's nodding. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of, we talk, on there. we talk about it all the time and there are, there is a spate of gigs booked now through June and July over in your side of the Atlantic ocean. And, uh, and in our hearts, we're all desperately praying that it will that it will come to pass in a safe and efficient way. And then there are other discussions of ways that things might be able to happen sooner. I understand that in December, there's a concert at the O2 in London, uh, in which uh, for which they've either sold or planned to sell 4,000 tickets in the O2 wow. arena. That's it. it's a really big venue, so there will be quite a lot of oh, space I know. to those people. So yeah. yeah, 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 right, exactly. It's an arena-sized venue. It's giant. It, you know, it's twenty thousand seat place. So uh, if that becomes a thing, then who knows? And if they let us out of our country, yeah. Uh, well, there's also that. Who knows? Yes. Uh, just a quick one. Uh, apparently, De Deckers says in the chat room, uh, yes, there are scooters in Berlin lots. So there we go. That's, that's a big one. Uh, one other thing Good. to mention is there's also, they've announced this thing called Supergrail, which is they're going to have a guitar-focused show there as well. So he's really kind of ramping up, and that's going to be... Uh, where's that? The uh, the 30th to the May the 2nd, and that's going to be uh, let me see what does it say? It says, uh, uh, an international conference trade fair and exhibition for guitar builders, luthers, and craftsmen, and other innovative manufacturers. That would be really good because the, the guitar were uh, show sort of thing needs a bit of a shake up as well, I think. And it, maybe there'll be some cross pollination and we might get some some other innovation from you know both areas. And that'd be good because he's going to do it in a way that would be way more uh, unusual, a lot less to do with uh, perhaps uh, aging blues Lotharios and uh, Toto covers bands and more be kind of interesting stuff, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's nice to have a bit of fresh turnover and a different perspective on things. You know, that would be good. Um, which is what Music Messer started to become. It was a little bit of a pastiche in, a, in, a, in many ways of what, what a guitar show could be. It just felt like it needed to freshen up. And that's kind of one of the reasons I think that uh, uh, Schneider started this whole thing because Messer was starting to become just, it very, felt very corporate and whatnot and, and very expensive, to be honest. And Frankfurt... Lovely city though it is. It's not as nice as Berlin for the uh, entertainment and the unique vibe, shall we say. That's probably the easiest way to put it. Uh, right, um, so what's next? Oh gosh, yeah, MIDI 2.0 revolution. It continues apparently. The rapid evol evolution, they've released a press release which says uh, there's eight new specifications to take advantage of the MIDI capability inquiry. This is CI, which we've heard so much about. Protocol expands MIDI with new features, uh, protecting backward compatibility. Uh, universal MIDI data packet accommodates com uh, smooth communicating over MIDI 2.0 and data, a uh, uh, 1.0 data over USB. It's the MMA president is Craig Anderton. It's as uh, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. It, what I think is probably frustrating for many of us is because it's so, you know, the way that MIDI was adopted so quickly because it was so necessary. And now we've got this sort of glacial committee upon committee, it feels like. I don't know how 
how or how soon we're going to start seeing this stuff because it still feels like there's nothing really coming out that's going yes we're doing all of this i mean it's it's going to be difficult to adopt i guess um I don't know, Rich, I'm guessing you might be a bit closer to the MMA um, association than perhaps I am, just purely because it's based in the States, a lot of it, and you perhaps know some of the people involved. Well, I see from the article that uh, the person who's sort of directing this at the moment is Craig Anderton, yeah. who is well-published and goes back many, many years, and in fact, wrote the book that I taught from in college in 1987 uh, called Midi for Musicians that basically laid all of this bare for people to understand it in a very clear way that was easy for musicians to grasp, which has been his thing uh, in writing all through his career. He's made complex subjects very easy for musicians to grasp, and uh, he's been a great source of education to a lot of people, and he's also a very talented man in general. So the fact that he's involved indicates that there is some reverence for the history and also for the detail involved in getting this right. And um, so I was encouraged by what I was reading there uh, about it. No, I, I don't have any experience with it yet, um, but I can definitely see where it could, could be a beautiful thing. And it sort of facilitates at the very most basic level some kind of two-way communication between devices that allow devices to recognize each other in a way above and beyond the fact that it has a MIDI interface on it. So yeah. um, that is one of the most interesting parts that I know of, but I'm sure that it open, it'll open up a whole range of things and I'm, I'm encouraged. Well, I hope so. I mean, it's interesting. I didn't know uh, Craig was the president. I thought it was... Um... I've forgotten the name of the guy. Um, oh gosh, Ethan Billis. I thought he was. So maybe that's. Maybe they've had a new and, and you know that maybe they they vote them in and change every once in a while. So at the last paragraph in the in the thing we evaluated for this topic says MMA President Craig Anderton yeah. told us. Oh no, I know he is he now. Yeah, about, sure. I wonder. Yeah, I, yeah. But, so I, maybe maybe it's a new thing, but that's great. I don't. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, because you're working in this, the world of CV a lot, which has no issues with resolution or or whatnot. You know, I mean, there are standards. I mean, there are differing standards, but but that that granularity of control, it may be. It's it's in some cases subliminal. We can still get some pretty good control over MIDI. I mean, I, I'm. I, and I'm finding I'm still finding uses for MIDI now that I didn't realise. I mean, I, I just it'd be nice yeah. to see this stuff kind of actually come on stream and figure out how we can incorporate it. Well, in in a way, Nick, sort of MIDI 2.0 happened for me with MPE. Right. You know when when that sort of thing started happening, and yeah, Rich has got one of the uh, which one is it? It's the which one you got there, Rich? The Roland. It's the Roly. This uh, is uh, Seaboard Rise 49. Seaboard, yeah. Now, when that sort of thing happened and MPE started kicking off, that for me was really like, oh, MIDI, MIDI's going somewhere. And okay, it hasn't really changed. They're just using the available um, controls, if you like, still. But um, that's really where it kicked off for me. And I, I'm still kind of, I keep hearing about MIDI 2.0 and we're doing this and we've got an association. Brilliant. It's great. Um, but not hearing too much from it. And am I right in thinking, if I got this right, the five pin MIDI DIN adapter only uses three of the five pins because they yeah. put five pins in because they thought 
we better do five pins because we're going to develop MIDI over time and we might need to send more messages and therefore we're going to need maybe two more additional um, uh, cables to run information up and down. Is that true or did I just make that uh, up? Yeah, no, well, I don't know that the second part, but yeah, it does usually only three, which is why uh, if you get smart about things, rather than buy extremely long MIDI cables, you can have MIDI to XLR adapters and then just run them yeah. over over XLR cables, if that's your want. I mean, that's that's doable. Um, I don't yeah. know whether or not you could actually, the, the data in uh, older machines, because obviously that, you know, nobody's going to upgrade it to have uh, CI and other uh, um, uh, functions, whether it would handle it because they've got optocouplers in them. So there might be limited bandwidth in those, but certainly on more modern machines. I, I'm not sure about that, but that's interesting. But I suppose it's worth saying one of the big things about MIDI 2.0 is this idea of, uh, command inquiry, I think it's called, or capability inquiry, where you could just, something could say, I'm this, these are the controls that I've got, these are the names of them, do you want them? And the other thing could go, yes, please. And it, you, it makes the assignment and the uh, much easier without having to kind of look a load of things up. And I, I, would, I would just imagine that this in software is going to be, I, I'm, I'm surprised that we're not seeing it, or maybe I've just not seen the software that it applies in, so that you could just plug something in and it goes, yep, here's what I've got. Here's what needs to happen. Here's the knobs. Here's what they're all called. You know, whereas at the moment we kind of have to, you know, type something in one end and and and, and match it at the other end. It, and all of that stuff is supposed to go away. But I mean, how much of that we'll be able to get in, you know, how far back it would go in hardware, I don't know. But certainly in software, I would expect to start seeing that now. And you know, I'm not quite there yet. And I don't know if anybody has seen any of that. I'm just looking at the chat room. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing much of that just yet. Um, but, you know, things like, because uh, Microsoft did a really big push on MIDI as well. When they updated Windows 10, uh, a friend of ours, Pete Brown, who was like the evangelist for the audio and the MIDI side of things, you know, they've tried to increase the capability for Bluetooth MIDI. And I'm guessing they must be trying to adopt MIDI 2.0 as well, because I know he sits on the panels. So I'm guessing they're they're trying to... So I just want to start to see it happen, because as soon as they built it into the OS core, then all this software could just kind of grab the data as it needs it. It could be developed to use it. I suppose it's complicated when you're thinking about, as we talk about DAWs that have this bloat because they've got to be so far backward compatible. Being backward compatible with MIDI 1.0 might be a bit of a headache for developers. I, I, I'm not I'm not sure. I'd be interested to know what the, you know, what the ins and outs of that are. I'm just sure they're that, trying to make it as easy as possible. Sorry. Nick, I was just thinking at this point, um, we we did a little experiment with MIDI, didn't we, recently? We did, yeah. That and, was really um, cool. We might, we might end up doing a little video on this, but basically Nick was playing my VSTs and things from his studio over there, over the web. So we just figured out opening ports on our routers and sending MIDI data across the web with, what was the latency? It was, about it was negligible. It was about 100 yeah. milliseconds, yeah. It was negligible. And uh, yeah, we got that working. So we, we were kind of like collaborating a little uh initially it was it was kind of cool yeah well it's really interesting it started out because we we were trying to figure out if there's a way to do it but you use rtp midi which is built into osx and there's a little utility you could download for windows and i was playing on reaper at this end but the other thing that that then happened so these end up as midi ports they're just like midi ports that's the outside world is a midi port and you go well i'll have that what's coming in on the midi port and it's me because i've 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 signed into it 
And that, but the other thing that you were doing is you were spitting out MIDI time code and hitting play, and my DAW was play was starting <laughs> to. Pl- that was where I was thinking, oh, interesting. So I mean, yeah. it, it's basic. So you know, we don't get any level of uh, uh, delay compensation in there, which we could probably figure out. But I mean, if I just wanted to throw you some chords, which I think we're going to maybe do, but yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? It Rich, have you had, yeah, it did. Have you had any experience with doing the MIDI over network? It's quite. I mean, it's pretty fast. I mean, certainly over local I network. Haven't. Remote network will work as well, definitely. It's quite cool, actually. Not not directly, no. I don't have any experience with it. I, I'm close to people who do it all the time, but I've never actually yeah. used an Ethernet cable to transfer MIDI data that I can recall. Yeah, sure. I mean, literally, we just had to open a couple of ports on our routers, specific numbers, and then the data could just flow freely. It was pretty awesome. And we'll we'll definitely do something about that. Um, okay, right. Well, just uh, I'm just going to say, because uh, I... I wanted to, I did mention it at the beginning of the show, but uh, we'll just uh, reiterate that obviously I want you to uh, take advantage of this, the isotope.com slash sonic talk landing page that will give you details on how to save 10% on the isotope products using the code sonic10 uh, when you check out. So uh, particularly uh, lots of people are very interested in the new Neoverb as well. I'm sure there are other things and save 10%. There must be other ones than that. Yeah, I think they've got a whole bunch of different products here. So anyway, when you check out, Use the code SONIC10 and uh, you'll be able to save 10% on Isotope products. Thanks uh, to them for doing that with us. I feel quite honoured that we've got our own special landing page on there and our own special code. Um, Anyway, what's next? Ah, yes, this one. So this is the Blue Box 1010. Or 1010 Music Blue Box featuring Traversi. It's not totally clear what's going on, but basically the 1010 Music Box... Blue Box is a 12-input digital mixer with built-in effects, but also uh, a a six-track stereo playback and record system as well, which is a pretty smart move. I mean, it's very compact. It only takes uh, 3.5mm stuff, but you can real-time effect stuff. You can plug things in. It's a very compact digital mixer. And it's about 500 bucks, which seems quite reasonable. Actually, Loop Pop, as ever, was the first to review this, but this actually could be quite an exciting development because uh, Blue Box 1010 Music have been doing this touchscreen interface with their, I guess, their core CP, uh, DSP stuff that sits under the hood. They've got the uh, sample box and various other boxes as well, and this is just another example of that. Now, uh, I'm going to come to you, Matt, first because, you know, mixing in Eurorack has always been a nightmare. I mean, it is. It's a nightmare because... The way that it's just, it's never easy to sort out. It takes up loads of space. This looks actually like it could be a real killer product. Yeah, I, I get why they've done this. And I've had the BitBox devices before, so I'm familiar with their software, the touchscreen. I know actually how well they respond to the fingers in a touchscreen. It's really cool. I get why they've done this as well, because if you're playing with modular or any electronic equipment, really, you know, usually what you're taking out if you're doing your own mix is a little Mackey or something like that that fits in your bag. And, you know, it's fair to say that some of us aren't even using half the things on it. We're not using the inserts on it when we're playing live. We're not necessarily even using the EQs. We might just be using it for levels and summing and and panning. Uh, if it's got some built-in effects, then, yeah, we, we might use that as well. But to carry something so big and heavy, particularly if you go in, like I, I do, get on a plane and you go play in Berlin or whatever, um, and I haven't got my own roadie. Like I'm guessing Rich has got the luxury of that these days. I'm 
I'm guessing. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. But um, I haven't got that. So carrying a Big Mac is not for me. So I get why they've done something like this. Um, I was a bit worried about how finicky it would be, but it looks to me in the reviews that the, the touchscreen's very um, uh, functional. It responds well. Uh, the effects sound pretty cool in it. It's a good size. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I've looked at a lot of modular mixers as well. Um, they come in various different sizes. Some of them, they come as individual components. I've bought and sold a few of them. Um, and actually my response to mixing in Eurorack is designing and approaching a mixer in a modular way. So what I mean by that is I have independent modules that I link together from different manufacturers and I utilize them together to create a mixer that is perhaps even more so versatile and functional than if you was just to buy a, an all-in-one mixer, if you like. So my approach to mixing in modular is to use modular, is to use different modules together. So I might have, for example, IntelliGel for the mix-up for doing some of the summing. I might have some um, 1U, uh, sliders, which I use for sending things to auxiliaries, to, to effects. And then I sum things back into other mixers and I can create feedback loops within that. I'm not doing any panning really, um, within what I'm doing. So, you know, that's my approach to it. But if I wasn't doing that, I'd definitely go for this sits in your bag. It's very, very small and compact, um, and, and easy to use. And, and, and I'll shut up in a second, but I know that this company as well have been really good if uh, particularly their community on their website in developing the software they have for this. So the community is very active on their website. And um, if you've got any ideas like, oh, we'd like this, we'd like to change that. This font needs to be bigger. This is smaller. Hey, how about this algorithm? Can we tweak this? They're very responsive and they've always changed things like that on the, on the Bitbox modules. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, think about this, Rich. I mean, you can use it because it records to SD card and I think an external, uh, I think there's a USB port on it. I don't know whether it's, but it allows you to record into it. It records up to six tracks stereo. Each of the inputs are, are stereo. So you can have them as split mono. You need adapters or whatnot. But so you could record, you could have some backing track there if it's if it's useful or you could just use it as an idea recorder. It seems like they've really nearly nailed it. Um couple of things missing no usb audio yet uh and uh no drag and drop of sd card mount so you can get the stuff in and out but i mean loop pop's done a great review but th it's a really interesting concept it is and it does a ton of stuff in a small light inexpensive form factor that seems to be fairly easy to operate uh interestingly the demo video didn't none, none of the demo videos went anywhere near the sheer number of features this thing has and can do um the one thing about it and it's you know it's a blessing and a curse that it's so small and light because you're basically looking at this giant universe through a drinking straw but because the display is only so big but that's comes with the idea that it's small and light and inexpensive you know and the touchscreen aspects look really cool i wonder if they have some kind of korg chaos mode where the whole surface mm -hmm. becomes some kind of uh, effects controller but um it looks like a really, really cool product with a lot of features at a reasonable price. Um, and it reminds me of sort of a next gen, much more digitally based version of the 
Macmillan K mix that I have sitting here on the desk, which sort of does about a quarter of the number of things that that thing does, but it still does a fair number of things. And uh, small form factor, supposedly I could pour my drink on it or drive a truck over it and it won't break. And uh, it just works and it routes signals in and out of a computer very, very well. So it's that kind of product to me, a next gen version of something of like that, that does a lot more than because this thing isn't a recorder and it doesn't have a card slot in it anywhere. Um, so very cool. I was, I was impressed. Yeah. I think the thing, I mean, I, you know, if I, because that, that I mean, the, 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 the 1010 music has a very, you know, a form that's the kind of case and the script. So everything is sort of designed to I work see. in that way. So they, they've kind of designed the interface and the GUI around, I think, you know, their standard form. But I, I mean, what I'd like I to see. see is maybe a fader either side of that, just one. Fa so you could have one fader for the active channel and maybe one fader for uh, the master mm. Uh, and each one has a button. So it's very, very quick. So you could just, I mean, I, I've seen the performance stuff on it and it is, while it is, you know, you can get fast on it. It's not, nothing like as fast as having physical stuff or maybe, you know, because yeah. it would respond to MIDI, perhaps you can just set up a control surface, which kind of, I guess defeats the point a little, but you, you could make that as big or as small as your workflow and your travel plans allow and then use it to work that, you know, whether like one of the little novations or whatever, or just, and I think that's where, because it's designed, it is performance-based, it would make sense to have a maybe the, to be able to have a little bit more hardware control without having to page and stuff. And that, you know, I mean, you know, Matt, it, it's very much a muscle memory and accessibility, yeah. particularly in the moment. I mean, not so much perhaps yeah. in the composition scenario, but. That's it. I mean, these, this thing will, will become like, like anything that's sat behind me that I've essentially built instrument behind me, my main performance case here. Um, it is muscle memory in the way that I use it. It's just like if I like going back to playing my guitar and, and, and things like that, it's that muscle memory about how you're playing and interacting with the instrument. It, it totally is. So I guess you'll get that with this, uh, you, you know, over time, if, if you can, if you connect with any piece of equipment, then, then you're sorted. Um, I was just thinking actually, Nick, on this one as well, I think you can record what you're doing to, yeah. uh, SD card. Yeah, straight straight to individual tracks, and then you can chuck that in into your DAW for for finesse later. Um, and I was also wondering, do do we know if it's got a side chain compressor? That would be I cool don't. if you've got your kick drum coming in one channel, and maybe you could apply the, the 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 stereo compressor over the mix just to get a little bit of that ducking, which we use a lot in techno and electronic music. Um, that kind of thing would be pretty cool. I, I couldn't see quite it see does. it. I mean, it does but, say that, that some of the bullet points where you can record hours of music it only works at 48.24 at the moment, but you can record right. to do SD card. Oh, as a multi-track or as the stereo mix. That's good to be able That's to do cool. the stereo mix. Yeah, no, that is nice. I think there's, okay. I think this has so much potential and I think it's, it's so close to, to being absolutely, you know, cause it's tiny. I mean, it's, you know, that's, that's, that's smaller than an iPad effects. I mean, obviously it's thicker. Uh, I mean, yeah. I just think I don't yeah. think there's anything else like there really of this type is there like Rich says this is like the next gen of well there are mixes. there are record there are mixers that will record to SD card uh, um, as individual there's the Zoom L12 and L you know that they, yeah. they do similar things but they're larger form factor but I mean of this format and the touch screen no. and 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 that idea of it just you know this can this can slip almost in your jacket pocket. <laughs> Ah, excellent. Cheapo card company in the chat room has said, ha ducking techno. I think that's uh, owner. 
if I could see Is that. Is that the show uh, title? Uh, I think it might have to be the show title, Ducking Techno. Uh, if I can find it, comment, uh, I'm sure it's there. Ducking Techno, yes, I think that's going to be the show title. Ducking Techno. Well done. Excellent. Excellent. Well spotted and well said, uh, Matt. Uh, I'm just going to write that in the notes. Um, yeah, I, I'm quite excited by this, and I think this sort of thing is going to make things very... I mean, just the ease with which you could record. Uh, I, I think the fiddliness of having to kind of have the adapters and stuff is a little bit of a downside, but it can't have any physical, any more connectors in it because it's so small. Um, that's just the way it goes, and it doesn't work as an audio interface, but I suppose that doesn't matter so much. I mean, it, it, you know, it, you could stick this in the lid of one of your things and just have it mounted in foam and then pop it out. Yeah. You know, it's 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 really very, uh, very flexible. Yeah, looks yeah. really... Really, a really powerful and useful thing. Uh, right. Uh, what was this? Um, uh, oh yeah. Look. Um, there's there's some tw there's some teasing. This is uh, Aphex Twin Novation Ooh. up to something. Um, they've been paying, uh, putting. Uh, um, well, actually, if I go to the tease image, because they said, uh, oh, here's all the tease images. This is in Bristol. Uh, this one is in Los Angeles. Uh, this one is in uh, Fonica, which is in London. Uh, that one is Berlin. I mean, it's hardly, you know, um, it, it's not like a, a, an, it's an international campaign of very with very small uh, advertising slots. But I mean, basically, they're teasing this kind of concept of uh, um, AFX Twin got involved with Novation a while back, uh, where he did like an AFX uh, input to the base station 2 firmware and there's all these little kind of glitch effects so this now somebody's actually um because they're not saying what it is but what somebody's done is actually zoomed in on the image and spotted all the things that are mentioned patch memory novation they think it might be a novation F afx station arp sequencer latch function someone's actually spent all the time kind of finding what this is so is it a synth is it whatever i guess we don't know and i suppose it doesn't really matter terribly but it's it's interesting that uh, Aphex Twin has become is becoming a bit more a bit less secretive, I suppose. Collaboration with kind of manufacturers. What's whatever next? Aphex yeah, right. Twin underpants. Uh, Aphex Twin. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I remember that. I remember back in the day when I was a student, you would be trawling the internet for any information you can find out about how he programs his you know hardware, software, what he was using, and all that kind of thing, and. And then, yeah, he's got involved with working with companies now. And uh, on his on his latest um, big release, he actually listed all of the equipment he was using per song um, in the in the album credits as well. So you you knew what what hardware and software is using and that kind of thing. Now, what this is going to be um, is going to be quite interesting because if he's got involved with a product development from the very beginning as opposed to what felt like with the with the Korg synth where he added some input on the kind of microtuning aspects and functionality. If he's got in here at the beginning with Novation and they've got their heads together and they've really listened to some of his I you know ideas that I'm sh that he's developed through many years of experience and and working with so much hardware and software then I'm excited about this. I think I would probably be more excited though if it was a effects processor yeah. as opposed to synthesizer. Um, and I know we've got things like stutter uh, edit and there's loads of beat repeat sort of things and that kind of thing. But um, I'd be really interested to to know what would come out of Richard James's head if he was 
if he was asked to come up with something that was purely about effects, how you could implement effects and what those effects would be, how you would chain them together, running them in series, parallel, a bit of both, feedback, all that kind of things. But looking at the pictures you've just put up there, there seems to be a lot of stuff on like filter and cut off and drive yeah. and oscillator filter. So um, maybe in the next one, A, eh? please, Richard and uh, Novation, do a, an effects processor. You could call it the Apex processor or something, you know? Ah, you can it's have that one for free. If, well, I'm, I'm sure they'll be listening. Um, I, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I like some of his stuff, but a lot of his stuff I find really impenetrable and kind of quite uncomfortable to listen to, which I guess is part of the, uh, part, part of the, the vibe of it anyway. Oh, Rich, I don't know how big... I mean, FX Twin, anything with FX Twin on it is usually massive. In the same way as, you know, Radiohead, he's got this kind of level of, of branding and, and sort of uh, street cred that is way above many, many other artists. So, I mean, it's quite an interesting idea. I, I don't know how into his music you are yourself. Almost completely unfamiliar. Excellent. Would be a fair <laughs> would be a fair explanation of my relationship to Aphex Twin. However, I do think it's interesting that uh, the word Aphex comes from a series of signal processors, uh, you know, that were widely in use in the 1970s. So, for better or for worse, and uh, so that it should go back. Uh, one, it's interesting that you feel that it should go back into a signal processing domain using the Aphex Twin moniker, which is in fact more associated with synthesis style technologies. And the other is, I wonder if you have to get permission to use that name oh, and that in the process of getting permission, you are not allowed to make products that compete with Aphex, the product company, if it such exists. I so I wonder about all of that. I wonder if Aphex Twin does. Yeah, I mean, we're getting people saying, that's yeah, it's funny. pure speculation. Yeah, it is totally. I mean, that's the nature of a teacher campaign. It's interesting. Aphex, the Aphex processors were actually really big in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, at the Exciter. This is before plugins came along uh, because, you know, you could, because of our crappy home studios and low sample rate, uh, and low fidelity equipment, you would add all that sort of posh top end to things, to vocals. And also there was a, the big bottom thing that they did as well, which also gave a bit, before SPL came along, they did the, yeah, there were things that were designed to kind of just almost mimic the, this is what it would have sounded like if we got someone like Rich to mix it in a proper studio. Well, and they were voodoo boxes. In other words, they didn't tell you what they were doing and they wouldn't tell you what they were doing. You just plug it in and turn the knob and there, doesn't it sound great? And so, um, and yes, the oral, they had one called the oral exciter. That's right. And then, uh, oh, here we go. That was there the, it is. Look, there we go. Big bottom channel. This is, this, this is the Aphex Twin. And look, there this it says the, Oral Exciter right there on there. Aphex. This is a, uh, some current Aphex. That's oh, Oral with an AU. Interesting. For those Aphex, of you Aphex out there. products. I'm going to have a look. What do they currently make? They make uh, Channel, Exciter, Compeller. Yeah, these are all kind of variants on that early uh, uh, Exciter stuff. In fact, they also, um, they also, who was it? <laughs> BBE, Sonic Maximizer. That was another one, wasn't it? They were just, the, which was the low rent version of that. That did a sort of, essentially what I think they did is they, to some degree, they filtered out a load of top end, cued the hell out of it and distorted it and then fed it back into the signal. So you end up with this sort of hyper extended 
excitement mm. distortion and you'd blend that in to a certain amount and it would add extra width because it threw out this kind of random noise the bottom stuff i don't know i think that a lot of that was subharmonic synthesis so it would take the fundamental and then drop it an octave and give you something underneath that you would then also blop in and you could tune it i mean you know I, I think you could do the same sort of stuff with plug-in chains now but probably not with as much finesse i don't know it quite well, how it works. one thing i was thinking though about this thing is you know what is this going to offer us that isn't currently on the market and also for an artist to put their name against something, that's quite a big deal as well, particularly in the synth community, because, you know, you can't just put something out there with Aphex's name on it as a synth and it will just sell because people are going to critique this because um, we're yeah. quite good at in the synth, synth world. A new synth comes out. Has it got aftertouch? Has it got velocity? Has it got that? Does it do a million voices at once? You know, so there's going to be some. No, of that. but I mean, Aphex Twin. Yeah, it's not yes. the answer, is it, to a lot of those questions? I mean, I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing, which Niles maybe got his own signature guitar mm. series that you can buy, oh, maybe, sure. and he yeah, would yeah. have, he would have made sure that that was spot on, and he would have gone through all of the, the component shoes <laughs> and wood before he said, "Yeah, you can put my name on this," you know, that kind of thing. I guess. So I'm just wondering you how can't you know. Even how, imagine how long it took. <laughs> really? there you go then. absolutely how many iterations how many measurements calipers you may I have a thing. <laughs> that's brilliant well, yeah. as, as it should be you know as it should yeah. be yeah absolutely um no interesting points i think um yeah anyway i i i, I guess we'll know soon in fact i think there was a date i think the, the reveal's date? next week isn't it is it next week yeah so we'll find out so Oh, we can do it all over again. No, well, they, they, they yeah, don't we can. <laughs> see, right. if we, see if we was anywhere close. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, okay, well, one other thing we've got. Um, this is the Magella uh, des Complex Desktop Synth, which is currently on Kickstarter. Um, uh, oh, great. I'm getting a phone call. Okay, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> I'll play the video and then I can answer the phone call. <laughs> I've always liked using synthesizers gives me all the tools to create something new and something exciting. When I started out, I used the more traditional East Coast style synthesizers. Lately, I've been discovering West Coast synthesis as well. There wasn't any uh, standalone instruments which combined wave shaping and wave folding with a filter. The Implexus is a performance-oriented instrument. This is the big glossy kind of uh, Kickstarter campaign, uh, which uh, one of the reasons this came out, Matt, is because you did a kind of special uh, with them uh, on your channel, a live stream, uh, which is over on Maths. It's the Implexus uh, Maths Talks with Magella Audio. So I'm guessing you should probably uh, take over. Just if those, if just those. In, my daughter was just ringing me to tell me she'd actually got her first job. She went for a job interview on Monday and she's now got Hooray! a job, which in this world is really, I'm very impressed. But I did say, is it urgent? Because I'm kind of live on air, but I think she got the job. Aww. But that's actually... Excellent. Congratulations, Nick's daughter. Yes, I'm, I'm proud. Yeah, well done. Good. Um, Excellent. Congratulations. Yeah, this, this, uh, yeah, this, this synthesizer. Yeah, I interviewed these guys. Uh, so they've got a Kickstarter. It's, it, I think it's got just less than a week to go. They're very, very close. And um, I was kind of, I, I thought this was really interesting, maybe more so coming from a sort of techno background because I was, I was just in love with the sound of the oscillator, the sub oscillator, the wave folding. Essentially, what it is, it's um, 
it, it's designed, I suppose, for live use. There's no presets in it. It's got Eurorack I.O. It's got wave folding. It's got a high-pass, low-pass switchable uh, filter on it. Um, it's got, you know, loads of modulation, LFOs. It's uh, looping um, ADs, clockable delays. And I just thought it was not only a very beautiful design, but yeah, also – nice. A complete sort of system that you could go out and play live with, and to- we was talking about this earlier about it. You know, learning it almost like an instrument as well. Now, the um, there's some really interesting characteristics in this, such as that all of the kind of wave folding um, that goes on, where you can really get some gnarly sounds going on. Not uh, not just on the oscillator, but also to do with the filter and the way that 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 all interacts together. Um, and I did a yeah I did a live stream Q and A with them a few days ago just to uh, learn a little bit more about this and 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 by the way this is own this is designed by there's three guys involved with this and there's it was really it was really nice to meet them and and understand that this isn't a massive company but just three guys who got together and have slaved over this idea for a long time to bring something I think quite very interesting and, and, and uh, one of a kind um, to the market. So I just thought it, I just thought it, 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 it was worth us just sort of having a look at this. Oh, yeah. um, nice to see it's got demos. external, external uh, in, internal power supply, which is very bold for a, a, a new company because that's the stuff that takes a lot of time to get certificated for both the uh, US and Europe. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, I, when I first look at this, I was sort of like, mm, but then some of the sounds that I think his name's Erwin uh, Tuyil, uh, I think that's what his name, he's the sort of artist connection, and he was coming up with some lovely stuff. Um, I suppose the thing about it is, is kind of, it's interesting, this from Utrecht in Holland, which is, seems to be a real synth hotspot. We've got uh, Kytopia, we've got Martin Benders. There's an, I think there is another company, unless it's the same company. And there's definitely, I think, Sintrix, Sinton, Sinton Sintrix, they're from, they're from uh, Utrecht as well. There's tons of it. So, yeah, I wish them well. I don't know. I, I, Rich, wavefold, the complex oscillator has traditionally been the uh, West Coast thing, and we're starting to see wave folding and all that in, in loads of stuff now. So it's kind of... It's good. It's good that we're able to get those complex harmonics out of you know more and more equipment. I guess this looked like a great product to me. Well built, well designed, sounded fantastic. Um, I did note that there is no, there's nothing digital about it. They're not storing anything um, that I could see. If there is anything digital about it, I, I can't see it, and it sounds awesome. And I was really impressed with this thing. Yeah, I think and the young people those nice young people who seem to I'm be I'm just trying to think what else the they've done before. I'm, I'm trying to think Magella Audio I'm sure so they do made... yeah they've got they do some Eurorack stuff um That's they've right. got some envelopes I think they've got a filter they were doing a deal actually over the weekend with the Synthfest um which occurred um and you could get you could get those together uh, so they've been doing that for a while. Um, and one of the things that they've brought through to this product, which they've done on the Eurorack modules, is um, all of the all of the writing that you see etched on the Implexus and their Eurorack modules. They're actually, you can see this on the website, it's really interesting. They're not, uh, they're, they're sort of bonded into the metal. So oh, it's okay. impossible to scratch it off unless you literally get you know, a screwdriver and properly really go at it, but you have to take off some of the metal in order to wear off any of the 
any of the words which you know we was talking we was talking on the live stream oh, yeah, there like we the go. graphics MS20s, in aluminium or graphics in aluminium there we go there's the example oh, yeah it's cool. you would cool yeah it's cool i like the um the displays on it as well you've got these kind of led functions moving around as well which give you this really nice feedback as to what's going on on it as well so um it's mm-hmm. uh, price wise, you know, there's it's, 12, it's um, about 1200 euro, 1300 euros, I think, is what it looks 1300 like. 1300 so euros. So, and I was kind know, of adding up, yeah, you know, in, in the modular world, if I bought a, an oscillator and um, and the LFOs and the delay and all the clocking stuff and the and the sub oscillator and and all that and um, the filter and all that, you know, you're it's easily going to cost more than that to just build it in inside of. A, a modular if you like so um you know good luck to them hope it goes well yeah no fair enough fair enough uh, there was a, while we're on the subject of new synths uh there was also uh, the solar 50 which also looks kind of interesting do i have a video for that this was the yeah. one uh, i think solar we're going to get one in for review i know loop pop once again has done it this 10 voice music instrument that is designed for 50 oscillators they, so you can get these incredible drones which is, it seems like it's the sort of uh, lyra 8 uh, on steroids and it's got built in synthesizer uh, built in effects that you can plug these various DSP cartridges really into. Great. This looks kind of interesting too. Solar I'm quite looking forward to trying this. by early electronic musical developments of the last century, particularly Leo Theremin's instrument called Harmonium and other weird synths like INS. Solar 50 consists of 10 voices. Each voice has its own volume. All voices are divided into groups of five units for the right and five units for the left side and mixed by the main mixer where the knob 0105 says the volume of five left voices. Anyway, that was just another aside, really. It's sort of quick. Well, I like I like the look of that, and I'm, I hopefully we'll get it in. Uh, like I say, Loop Pop got the first batch, and then they asked if we wanted to review, uh, and I, I, I dawdled. So, uh, But it's something that I think would be quite fun to uh, pl- play around with, so hopefully we'll get a chance to try that out as well. And that's about, Looks great. Yeah, I think that's about a 1,000 euros. Similar sort of price, but 50 oscillators... What can you say? I mean, it's got to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, a lot of tuning going on there, but um, I'm looking. Yeah. I bet I'm looking forward to you sticking that through some reverb, Nick, and doing your uh, usual uh, yeah. so Nick special. I. So I would I. love. I'd love to hear that paired up with the Pulsar 23 and having those two going together. I, I, I am almost thinking of getting one just to do an, an album or something with just that and the Pulsar. 23 and that and and that's it i think be awesome. and a couple of side chain compressors eh all the way <laughs> all the way oh, Rich, is, 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 is that something tech- i i don't know many russian people or much about the russian culture but there seems to be well uh, there seems people. to be yeah well there seems to be there seems to be something kind of in the sort of the 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 the, the, the concept of the sort of drone and the the slightly off piste design of musical instruments. I don't know whether I'm making a massive generalisation. I suspect so. I'm sorry if I've offended too I, many of you. <laughs> okay, so I was really interested in the touch control aspects of this thing and the way you actually operate it, and especially that little circular bit in the middle that seems to be very, very responsive. But those plates that you use, and then it's got this architecture where your effects section is on these little cards that you plug into the thing. Um, and... All I can say is when you buy this thing, buy all the cards because <laughs> you're never going to see them again in five years. Um, but uh, it's it's just a really cool performance device. And yeah. 
even notwithstanding yeah, I mean, that reverb, because the reverb wasn't like my favorite reverb in the world, but it had a thing to it. It's not quite a guitar amp either, but it's somewhere in between real digital reverb and a guitar amp. And uh, it had a certain sort of sound to it, but uh, I, I would like to hear it in a Nick Bat five second uh, Wonderland five second. as well. There's no, that, five <laughs> seconds wouldn't actually be enough, Rich. It would have five to be at least five <laughs> minutes or maybe even what? five hours. Only five? <laughs> <laughs> Only five? Only five. Yeah, five seconds. It's kind of, I don't know. That, that, <laughs> I imagine putting that up YouTube, but I bet you they'd still find space to put an ad in it. Yeah. <laughs> if it was, even if it was five seconds long. Anyway, I just thought I'd end up with that. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so you can check that out. That's eltamusic.com. Uh, I think I posted those in the chat room. And so you'd be able to get all of all of that stuff. But yeah, I think we'll probably have to, uh, I need to ring, ring my daughter back and congratulate her because I wasn't particularly uh, talkative when she rang. But um, thank you very much for joining. Matt, thanks for joining us so much. Uh, have you got any more live streams pointed out before you do one for us? Is there more coming on your channel? Yeah, I might, um, um, depends how I get on tonight. I might do one. Someone was asking in the chat room, have you got a schedule for this? And I'm thinking maybe I should rather than just start doing a mad hoc. It's, so um, I'll let people know. But um, there will be, there'll definitely be one or two coming up this week. Yes. Thanks for having me on the show again, you're by the welcome. way. Really you're, it. And you're, you're everyone welcome. in the chat room. Well, actually, uh, somebody just said, hit the like button, guys. I think. God, I don't think that's... I Seems to have connected. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, Matt, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, nice, uh, A pleasure as ever. And also, uh, Mr. Rich Hilton, uh, thank you for joining us too, as ever. It's always nice to see you, and I'm glad to know that uh, you've got stuff on the go. I wish you all the luck. Yeah, Hiltonius at Hiltonius.com if people want to find out about your stuff, Please. right? Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, uh, it's great to spend some virtual time with you and with Matt, always. Well, we'll do some more. I'm just trying to, I think I've got nice it now. Where did it say? Yeah. Somebody said, hit the like button, guys. Yeah, please do. Always nice to get likes and subscribes. You know, we that's we thrive on all that sort of stuff. And don't forget, if you want to carry on the chat after the show, we've got our own Discord server, which you can just go and join if you're already on Discord. Bitly slash Sonic Discord will get you there. So uh, please do that. But yes, thank you, Rich. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. All, yeah, I'll go to there. Thank you, everybody. I'll see how that happens. We'll, uh, we'll head off into the the sunset now we'll see you all next time thanks for watching bye bye now